Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of Get More Success. Now, today, I have a gold medal winning bodybuilder. But when you first think bodybuilder, you're probably thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I'm thinking more Ms. Arnold Schwarzenegger because she competes in the ICN. I compete naturally, so it's, there's loads of drug testing. It's all free. And she doesn't have one of those beefy, massive, um, uh, actually, it was her description was a man's body with a woman's head photoshopped on. She looks very feminine, but with a, a, a very muscular and well-defined body. Not only that, she has a well-defined business and quite a successful business too. So please welcome to the show, Karen Gamble. Thank you, Warwick Mary. What an introduction. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Great to have you here. Now, look, as I ask all the guests on the show, and this will be an interesting one for you, is how do you define success? Mm, great question. I think success is a combination of personal and financial fulfilment. And I, I believe what's contributing to that, it's, it's the sweet spot of not only your results, but your relationships and also the, I'm going to use the term ripple effect, that at that sweet spot where you genuinely feel that you're making a difference, okay. that your voice is being heard and, and it's impacting others in a positive way. Fantastic. So how does that relate to your recent successes over the last couple of years in bodybuilding? And in a number of ways. So when I was growing up, I was very, um, I was a bit of a shy, shy type of uh, young woman, a young girl rather. And uh, I, I didn't like people looking at me. Like I wanted to do ballet, but I, I didn't want to get up there because I didn't want anyone to look at me because I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder and, and I didn't feel good enough. And so I wanted to do things, but I, I held myself back because of fear of judgment and what others would think and I'm going to look stupid. Uh, so I've turned that on its head now to, to and taken it to the extreme where uh, I'm all okay if people are looking at me. I, I really don't mind. Um, and based on the outfit, and I'm going to see if I can get a picture of it and stick it on the, the web page, they, they, they see a lot of you. Like, there's not much. It looks like your bikini has been made from dental floss. Like, there's not, there's not much that isn't on show. It's just enough to hold. You've got to hold enough sparkle, sparkles on there to get the, the bling factor right for stage. But, yes, Warwick, there, there's not much of that outfit. Uh, so there's a lot on show. Uh, and it's whilst you're judged on your physique, it's really about the journey that you go on to get there. Because when you're training, you've got to, it's hard work and it hurts at times. <laughs> and you feel like there's no way I can do how many more reps I meant to do. But you've got to dig deep and find a way. And your legs might be shaking and uh, it's not feeling good, but you've got to dig deep and find a way. So every time that happens, there is a new defining moment of success where you've had to come up with something and back yourself. Yeah. So that journey and that process is very empowering and it builds a lot of confidence because you've proven to yourself again and again and again and again that you can do what you felt at the time you couldn't do. Right. 
So you're relatively new to bodybuilding, aren't you? Yes, I did my first comp in uh, oh, October last year. So how many months is that? What are we now? June. Oh, quick mental maths here. So, yeah, so 2017. Yeah. Late, yeah, the late. No, it's this, so 2016. Yeah, October last so October year. 2016, so re relatively recent. Um, yes. What what got you into that? Like, am I allowed to divulge what uh, uh, what decade that you're in? Because you're not like a twenty year old, are you? <laughs> you look like a twenty year old. Your suspicions are correct, Warwick. I'm not in my twenties. I am forty seven years of age. Years okay. Young. Yeah, look, years looking looking like a, a twenty year old. So at, at the age of forty six, what sort of made you go? I know. Bodybuilding, that's for me. Uh, I've, I've always had a, 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 great, a very positive relationship with, with strength training. And I, I personally believe that all women should do it. Not necessarily bodybuilding, but some form of strength training to stay. Well, it, it's part fitness and it's part how you feel about yourself. Uh, I believe it has huge benefits, mental health benefits, physical health benefits. Uh, so I've always done something, but to varying degrees. You know, I'll go through different phases. I've always been an active, reasonably active person, and I've always done something. It could be dancing, it could be running, uh, something. And um, I was in the gym one day, this is last year, this is October last year, and one of the personal trainers said, you should, you should do something. You could, you could, like, compete or something like that. And I think it was the timing and uh, a sudden rush of blood to the head, Warwick. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And she got me all the through. She said, oh, you'd be about my... Oh, you could borrow my bikini. Oh, your feet. Yeah, you could wear my shoes, which is a very generous offer. But, uh, and so it, it made it seem like it was relatively simple and achievable. How hard can it be after all? <laughs> and how many weeks out from the competition was this? Well, for my first one, that was uh, nine and a half weeks out from the competition. I had no idea what I was doing, absolutely no idea. So it was nine and a half weeks of complete scrambling, attempting to figure out what I should be doing and, and how you go about this. Um, and I was really pleased with what I achieved because I did it was pretty much under my own steam. And knowing that I did that without... Uh, so after the event, I thought, oh, gee, oh, if I only had have done that and had have done, gee, I shouldn't have done that. And I thought, gosh, if I did that again and changed those things and, and partnered up with a trainer who's great in that space, imagine what I could do there. <laughs> so there was a bit of a carrot dangling there that if I've already established that level of a foundation, then yeah. heck, why not just build on that and have another crack yeah so it's really focusing on what you're after and doing the specific actions that we're ready for it and as you were saying and you and i caught up for uh, lunch at one stage as you were in your training phase and you bought your own because <laughs> i can't eat this and i can't eat that and i have to eat this and so many grams of this and like that that's very dedicated yeah it is and uh, so part of it the food is a big part of it in, in your, your preparation. And so consequently, when I was at conference, uh, we were, you know, the same conference we went to, half my suitcase was food. I had huge freezer packs in there and I'd pre-frozen meat portions, pre-weighed. Uh, there were bags of kale slaw and other bits and pieces. So as soon as everything was frozen, took it out of the freezer, rocked up to the hotel and it went straight in the fridge. Um, 
you've got to be self-sufficient, highly resourceful. Uh, what that meant in the morning when I was eating my pre-cooked eggs that were wrapped in foil, I had to boil the kettle and kind of sit them on top of the kettle to warm them because frozen crunchy eggs are really not that flash. But I was determined not to let that be an excuse as to why I couldn't. Yeah. And why, oh, you know, it's all too hard. Look, I'll, I'll just eat what – I'll just try and make good choices. Well, I could have done that, but I was determined – I had a very specific goal in mind and I was coming home with a medal from, from this competition. Uh, and so I knew that I didn't want to have any regrets. I didn't want to think, gee, you know what? I wonder if I had have done better when I was at conference that maybe that would have made a difference. Because in this competition, differences can be won or lost on such minor details. Yeah. So I wanted to be able to look myself in the mirror and know that I did my absolute best and gave it my all. So, so apart from being on, let's not say a restrictive diet, but just a very controlled diet, a very focused diet. Yeah. So obviously that in itself and, you know, that puts an end to going out unless you take your, your carry bags with you and picnics <laughs> and, and, you know, whatever it is. And for yeah. how long were you on that? Was that for like the 12 months leading up to the comp or was it like, uh, a programmed diet, but then within that three months leading up, then that was quite restrictive or? It was a 14-week preparation for this comp. So I went from eating what's normal for me and then to a 14 weeks of eating very specific things in specific amounts at specific times. Okay. But I want to qualify there. I ate huge volumes of food. The amount of fresh vegetables I ate in a day was a lot, which meant there was a lot of extra fruit and vegetable shopping. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not starvation. It's not oh, like no, no. You, no, but it is. It's a very focused on. Okay, you will have this many of this kind of food and this and that. So it's yeah, yeah. And it's like as I said, when we had that meal, you had the great big tub of whatever it was, and um, you know you were happy, and everyone else was happy eating what they were eating. It was it was fine. So apart from you know, obviously you've got your fourteen weeks of dietary stuff. What about the training, you know, because I know obviously in that nine and a half weeks, and, and let's be honest, you've got a, a pretty good base to start with in terms of your natural physique is one that is, is I won't say it's naturally slender because as you've said, you've always worked out, but you had a very a toned body to start with. So doing the nine weeks last year and then the 14 weeks this year, what sort of training do you need to do to really peak your muscle proportions and the things that the ju judges are looking for? Uh, I did well. The, my fourteen-week journey. One, one of the things that made the difference was seeking out a kick-ass trainer. Right. So I did my research, I did my homework, and I found a group of trainers. It's a personal training studio um, where they have an unparalleled record of success with their clients in this space, and. So that I train five days a week and two of those days, two of those occasions were with my trainer and then three days a week on my own. Uh, and are we talking and like two hour training blocks or are they half an hour or an hour or are they? It was at least an hour and more commonly an hour and a half. Right. And so was, it, was it low reps, heavy weights or light weights, light weights and lots of reps or you can tell I go to the gym a lot. I'm using the terms. Hello. <laughs> Go Warwick. I uh, look. It, it varied uh, depending on 
depending on the desired outcome, because my training and my program, so every four weeks I'd get a new program, though towards the end it was a bit more frequent than that, where there's a different purpose for that training. So the first four weeks is about building the foundation, the right foundation, and then it's about isolating different areas of the body to get whatever's needed. And then the last bit is a more of a fine-tuning phase, which means that sometimes it was going heavy and low reps, and sometimes it was higher reps, lighter weight. Okay. And sometimes there were rest periods between different activities and sometimes there wasn't. Okay. What about, so in, the, what about in the lead up to the actual competition? Now, I, I, you hear from like movie stars, like when, low, when it is Wolverine, whatever, to get that sort of ripped body, they basically have no fluid for 24 hours or something before. That's what you read on the internet so you know it's true. So what about you leading up to the competition? You know, what sort of stuff did you have to do and time just right? So it's like, right, the competition's at this day. So, you know, what sort of stuff did you have to do for that? Well, uh, Chris, my coach, who's very switched on, uh, we did a what's called a trial peak week where we went through the regime that I would be going through the week prior leading up to the competition to see how my body would respond. So every morning I had to take selfies and send them to him um, so he could see what was happening. So in there's, uh, you're right that for competition, so what I did was fluid load for, and that, that runs over the course of a week. Each day your fluid intake is increasing and increasing. And... Uh, then 2 p.m. of the day before the competition, that's it, no more fluid. But that's after I'd had my five and a half litres, so I was feeling like I was about to explode. Between when you wake and 2 p.m., I, I did five and a half litres. And, and that amount will vary between individuals as to what's normal for them. And so there is no cookie-cutter fixed amount. It doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't work like that. And then so from 2 p.m. the day before, you drink nothing until after the competition's over. So that's approximately 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. But you also have to tweak your diet. So you're loading, carb loading the night before, you're salt loading the night before because you want to maximise the intracellular fluid and minimise the extracellular fluid so you don't look as puffy. So you want to get that really shrunken, lean, <laughs> like a cling wrap look <laughs> or a cry back, back look um, for stage. So, so the so photos that you see on stage, that is... You are peaking, if you like. So it's yeah. not a sustained look that you aspire to maintain or you, people may aspire, but it's not realistic to go, yeah, I'm going to look like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, um, and you and I have, have joked about some of the other preparation stuff that you need to do because, let's be honest, I describe your skin tone as alabaster. You are, you know, you've got black hair but very white skin, right? So there's a big contrast. What colour are you on stage? <laughs> On stage, I'm, um, well, I could be Native American. I could be from a part of the world where very dark skin is the norm. It's sort of honey, golden honey hues. Well, see, it looks golden honey, like a deep golden honey under the spotlights. Right. That's the washout effect of the stage spotlights. Yeah. Because it will wash out everything, including definition, muscle tone. That's why you have to make yourself so dark. So I would be, if you saw me face-to-face, very dark mahogany. Right. So Cadbury Dairy Milk Chocolate? Yes, yes. Think like dark brown leather. leather. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So you would, like, during this process of, 
sending uh, essentially semi-naked semi selfie to your coach every day, um, going to the gym and just training, uh, having to get sprayed well, you're nude in the booth and what. Do you lose your any um, uh, self-consciousness you have about your body? Or is it you still sort of have it, you're like, well, this is just the process and that's how it goes? Or how, does your, how has your relationship with your body changed over the process of doing this? That's a great question. Um, for me, there's very much the experience. It's very much a partnership with yourself and a partnership with your body because that's the vehicle to that you're um, that you're using to get the results. And it's a very positive partnership because you're backing yourself and you're delivering and uh, do you lose inhibitions? I think, well, uh, so going to the tanning booth with nothing, it's very much an acceptance of uh, this is how it is and you're getting sprayed, you know, a day or two before you're hitting the stage. So you're, you're in a, I was in a different headspace. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree that there are elements of uh, boosting your confidence and your relationship with yourself because you're accepting yourself, you're completely responsible for your results. Um, so yeah, it's a, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me. The, the, the people that specialize in this tan, cause you don't go to your normal tanning salon to do it. There are people that have special licenses. So they specifically spray competitors and the day, one or two days before competition, before you're hitting the stage, uh, they're booked out they are booked out. And if you don't book early, you will miss a spot. So it, they're doing back to back. It's very much like a conveyor belt approach. <laughs> Next. Okay. Right. Oh, that, uh, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Spray. Yeah. So they, they've seen it all before. Fantastic. Um, just from, there's a lot of women in my life who will frequently go, Oh, does my bum look big in this? Or are my arms a bit flabby or am I da, 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 da. Do you still have a body part of yours, even after winning medals and toning and stuff that you're like, ah, if only this bit wasn't quite that shape or have you just like, Hey, my body's great. And you don't think about it much. I accept me where I'm at. Um, I believe that if you feel the need to ask someone other than yourself for their opinion on how you look, you're still seeking external validation. And no matter what they say, you won't believe it. So it's got to come from within. It's yeah. got to be replacing the need for external validation with internal permission that I'm okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about the important stuff, which is how did you go in the recent comp? What, what medals did you bring home? I brought, so I went in four different categories and I brought home three gold medals and a silver. Oh, congratulations. So what were the categories that you won the gold for and the one that you got the silver for? So the three golds were for uh, novice, which means you're within your first 12 months of competing, intermediate and uh, women 40 plus. And the silver medal was overall okay, for the fantastic. entire competition. That's sensational, like considering that you are you know, technically novice, but getting a silver overall and gold for the other stuff, that's fabulous. How did you feel when you won the awards? I felt awesome. Yeah, I was, I was really pleased, really stoked, and a uh, very surreal experience. <laughs> were, you, such... 
will you continue to compete? I've been tossing up that idea. <laughs> um, I may, I may have a break. I, the challenge is, it takes up so much headspace and hours, physical hours in the day, yeah. uh, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on that, behind the scenes that you might not even consider that take up the extra hours, you know, extra double your wash loads of washing and your uh, food preparation time goes up a lot, a lot of extra food shopping. Well, um, and because, you know, put that into context, you're also running a business, um, being a wife, being a mother, uh, contributing to professional associations and other organisations. So like, it, it, if it takes an extra, if you're doing a 90-minute workout five days a week, and then all these other activities. That is a big chunk of time. Um, so you always have to look at, well, what do I get for it? And is the is the the medals that I might get, is it worth the effort? I, the way I think about it is, for what purpose do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? And my criteria for this kind of decision is, when I'm 80, will I look back at this moment in time and think, damn, I wish I had have done that? Yeah. That's my criteria. So I decided with this competition just gone, I decided, yeah, I, I would regret not going again. Okay, cool. All right, so let's talk about your business because you work with um, particularly women in leadership and, and help them to become all that they can be, essentially, uh, which is you know, essentially what you are modelling with the bodybuilding you know, process. Um, so w what sort of results have you in, in your business, what sort of results have been able to achieve for, for other people that you've been working with? So I've been able to uh, I've have some awesome clients. I work with awesome clients and that's part of what I love about my role. Um, one of them recently let me know that she just secured a multi-million dollar contract and if she would have, when we started working together, she was on a, I guess what you'd call a fairly standard average wage. Um, and that's hugely gratifying and rewarding to for her to be able to achieve something like that. Um, so she was she headed up her own business, and other women depends because the measure of success some sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's being selected for a position within an organisation, yep. and for others it's been it's been around how they feel within themselves that they can stand up in front of the room and present to others and feel good about it. They feel very confident. They feel congruent in their message. And the feedback that they get from the audience is extremely positive and people want to find out more and, and follow them up for future business opportunities. The three areas I focus on are the mindset, the message, so the language, and also the movement, so the physical movement and gestures. Because right. there are too many smart, talented women that do themselves a big disservice when they stand at the front of the room by... They might speak small or they stand small, they think small and it because your body magnifies emotion. So even if you're talking a good talk, your body will be saying what you really feel. Yeah. So until we create shifts there, like to have more women participating in uh, leadership roles within organisations, we need women feeling good about their message and displaying that in meetings and at the front of the room and when they speak. So, so what's stopping women from feeling good about themselves? Yeah, that's a that's an onion question. That one, Warwick. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, from your experience, what are a couple of the key things that, that keep recurring? A lot of it stems from conditioning growing up. 
that at some point in those imprint years up to the age of around seven, that woman had an experience. It could have been a comment by a role model or someone who they looked up to in their life where they've internalized that and they feel like they're not good enough. Mm. And for me growing up, I had this highly intelligent, or do have this highly intelligent sibling. He's off the charts. And I, I felt that my ideas and my thoughts and even my jokes were never as funny as his. And, and also growing up back then with the fair skin, that was in the 70s. The tan was all the rage, Warwick. You had to have a tan or you were not cool. And so I felt very uncool growing up and very uncool at school. And I think that exacerbated my, my own personal hang-ups that, that I had. Um, but I, so for many women, it's that they feel like they're not worthy of the promotion, the position, um, the opportunity. I mean, the stats are phenomenal that women will ask for a, a pay rise four times less than men. And when they do, they'll ask for 30% less. Yeah. Like it's very much about their own personal sense of self-worth. So how do we combat that? How do we, you know, because, and I've heard stats also about, you know, when people apply for a job, if there are men and there's 10 criteria and they've only got three of them, they'll go, yeah, I can do it. But if they're women, they've only got nine of the 10, they'll go, oh, well, I can't do it. I've only got nine. Like, yes. So how do, how do we help be it? male woman who are not feeling this confident or not feeling like I could do this, how do we help? Like what, what do they need to do to be able to go, I've got to give it a crack. It's about taking ownership because ultimately communication is a choice. And that's what I've learned over the years that how you show up in your space is a choice yeah. and you cannot be heard or be noticed or make a difference if, if no one can hear you or see you. And to truly make a difference, and this comes back to my definition of success, that personal fulfillment component, it's about sharing your thinking and sharing your message. And from a, a business point of view, women either make or contribute to 80% of all purchase decisions. So it makes sense that you want to have women's voices represented and their preferences represented in your marketing and in your sales process uh, and in your customer service and support because they are the key drivers of all those purchase decisions. So that the future of the economy, there's a lot of influence women have in this. And that's, that's where they need to stand up for what's meaningful and what matters to them. And, yeah. and so from an organisation's point of view, there are things that are tolerated that are so subtle that have been there for so long that no one notices. Subtle yeah. comments, uh, language that's used. And it's time to redefine what is acceptable and what's appropriate because even as a male in that environment if the boys are there having a bit of a chit chat and they're saying things and another male does not say anything say hey fellas come on that's a bit below the line or whatever it might be then he is in turn equally part of that yeah because he hasn't stood up and said yeah guys you know i don't agree with that yeah because no no one likes to be the the person that's um either uh, standing out in some way or, um, you know, upholding to higher standards. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really interesting in some of the reading that I've done and some of the videos that I've seen, there's a lot of men who just don't see the institutionalised discrimination, be it sexism, racism, whatever. Um, and speaking as a white six foot three male, 
you know, it's because it, it has, in, in particularly in Australia, it's always been about us that we don't actually perceive sometimes from the other, other point of view. And that's sort of not okay anymore. And it's really important for us to get educated to at least go, there is a different perspective. Um, I remember there was one conversation I was part of where the women in the room was asked, you know, how many people here have been discriminated against? And they all put their hands up. And most of the guys have gone, really? How could that have happened? And it's, you know, it's when you, when you open your eyes, you see it all the time, particularly in language. Yes, language is a big one. And I, I remember the day very clearly standing out in the backyard. This was a number of years ago now. When I said, I, it was to my children, I, I'm a little embarrassed to say, and I caught myself saying, oh, come on, you don't want to be beaten by a girl. And I recognise that that is one of those throwaway lines that we've grown up with. Yeah. That to say something like that, you know, you throw like a girl or you run like a girl, whatever it might be, it's, it's, come, it's presupposing that that is a really uh, undesirable thing. Yeah, it's a negative thing. When, it, when, it's, when it's just not, it's just like, well, good, do it like a girl. You're a girl, do it like a girl. You're not a girl, don't do it like a girl. It's, That's right. I, I, was, I, was in the, um, I was in the hairdressers recently and the salon owner, who's a male, um, he asked one of his team to assist him with a, a client that had just come in and he said, oh, Jackie, uh, could you give me a hand with, you know, uh, Mrs. Smith? And Jackie's response was, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just finishing cleaning up this area and then I'll be right with you. And his response was, oh, good girl. Yeah. Now, he didn't mean that to be negative or to detract in any way. He thought he was praising. Yeah. But I want you to change the genders. I want you to imagine for one moment the salon owner is a female and the team member is a male. And if she said, oh, good boy. Yeah. How would that go down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and there's, yeah, there's, so, there's such a history of, of just the different language that's used for male versus female and how, you know, one's a positive and one's a negative. And, um, yeah, it's, there are so many great resources available to us to help us change at the very least, change our language and our perspective to get better at it. But one thing we won't change is understanding that you bodybuild like a girl and you do it incredibly <laughs> well. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to get in touch with you and find out more about um, your services or find out more about the, your, your bodybuilding journey, what's the best way for people to get back in touch with you? Um, either the website, which is karengamble.com. Uh, I also run a Facebook group called Women of Influence. If uh, people want to be part of that and uh, stay in the loop for uh, insights that I share there uh, and on the website they can uh, there's, there's a bit to read there and they can also opt in for a, um, a speaking and uh, a body language and verbal language uh, confidence uh, fantastic guide a resource um, now Karen I'm going to ask you if you can uh, send me some photos of before and after of you <laughs> one in bodybuilding mode and one out of bodybuilding mode I'll put them on the um, on the the notes page on the get more success website so people can go and have a look and see what it's like to be a gold medal winning bodybuilder Karen thanks you so much for your time today thanks Warwick it's been a pleasure You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I've been your host, Warwick Merry. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com.
That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success.